Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is a great joy to be here with you, to be able to celebrate what God is continuing to do in and through his people right here, right now, uh, called the church. And, and that's, that's who we are. We've been invited by God to come into a relationship, to live in faith and make a difference in the world. I, I've said it before, and I, I mean it very seriously. We're not waiting for a movement from God, friends. We are living in a movement from God. Even in the midst of a global pandemic, God is present and moving as, as the church. God is present in the world, making a difference, and people ha are having their lives transformed and changed. They are, they are growing into a relationship with the God of all creation. They're finding a new life in Jesus Christ. And that's why we're here. We are here to share that love and grace with others. We are here to invite others to, to come on a journey with us. And, and if you're new here, you are welcome here. You are invited to come with us. We, we recognize that we're not perfect, but we know the one who is, and that's Jesus Christ. And we want to invite you to, to come along with us on this journey called life where we learn to be more like Jesus, where we learn to, to allow God to, to change us from the inside out so that we can be made new in the image of Jesus Christ, not being made by our past decisions, but instead being made by the grace and love of God. And that's why we've been on this sermon series uh, that we have been talking about called Amen. The idea of Amen is to take a deep dive, a deep look, at the, the Lord's Prayer, to, to really kind of understand what it is Jesus is saying. The Lord's Prayer is a prayer that Jesus was asked by his disciples, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus taught his disciples to pray by praying for the kingdom of God to come in, in, in reality, just the way that it is in heaven. Uh, praying to forgive others the way that we, to forgive others the way that we want to be forgiven. Uh, and, and to pray for deliverance, deliverance from ourselves and deliverance from the enemy that we have. And, and, and we've gone through those three weeks. And this week, we're going to take a look at Amen. The term amen and, and what it really means when we talk about the Lord's Prayer, how do we live that out? What does it look like when we agree to all of the things that Jesus is telling us? Hey, uh, recently, I don't know if you are aware, but uh, interest rates are at an all-time low. I get like 85 letters every week uh, in the mail, uh, not to mention the emails that I get as well, but 85 letters every week uh, by different people saying, hey, I should refinance. I should refinance right now because the interest rates are so low. And, and one day I decided, you know, the, the people that I am, uh, I have my home mortgage through, uh, I decided to call them and ask them about it because they've, they've been one of the number one people sending me information saying, hey, I should refinance. Here's the deal. I don't understand why, if you have a high interest rate on somebody, why you would pursue them to have them lower the, their interest rate. I, I don't get it. Maybe there's some reason. I don't understand why, but it, it's mind-boggling for me. And so I called them up, and I was like, you know, it, it was an afternoon... I had a meeting coming up in about an hour. Uh, it was at noon, and so uh, we had been talking about lunch here at the church. I don't, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I really like to eat. Uh, and so we had been talking about what we were going to eat for lunch and, and made some orders, and, 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 and Jenna and Pastor Suzanne were going to go and get that and bring it back. And so I was uh, on the phone with, with these folks thinking, hey, it's, I'm just, it's just an inquiry. 
but I called him and he was like, hey, we can have this done in like, uh, you know, in, in just a few clicks of a mouse, you can be done and, and the application will be, will be complete. Uh, and it's a great interest rate. And uh, honestly, uh, it was saving me money. And so I thought it was a great interest rate as well. And so, you know, after having this conversation, and it wasn't a willy-nilly conversation, right? I knew what I wanted the interest rate to be, and it was right in the range of where I wanted it to be. Uh, so I said, hey, okay, what do I need to do next? And he was like, well, while I'm on the phone with you, I can have you walk you through uh, submitting the application. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe this won't take too long. And he emails me this, this document uh, that, that is called, it's, it's uh, an online digital signing permission. So you say, hey, uh, you can, I, I'm going to sign things digitally and I'm giving you permission to use that. And so he sends me that and it's two clicks and I read through the paper uh, and I was like, okay, no problem, done. And I send it back and all of this is happening on my phone. Uh, and he says, okay, I'm going to send you the application uh, it's going to have a button at the top and you say, uh, you click that button and it, it starts you and takes you to all the places you need to sign. And I was like, okay, you know, not thinking too much for it. And then I get an email document that is a long document, it's page after page after page. And I'm trying to go through and figure out what each of these pages are saying before I click okay. And I'm on my phone, so I'm like making, making the phone bigger. And then I'm having to slide the page back and forth, trying to figure figure out all of the stuff that's being said. And I come to the conclusion that there is no reality in which I am going to read all of this, eat my lunch, and go to the meeting at one o'clock. So what do I do? In my infinite wisdom, friends, I decide, hey, they're not asking, this is an application. This isn't the, the actual refinancing. Uh, they're not going to be sneaking in, hey, we want some of your body organs as, as down payment or deposit. Uh, and so I, I looked at the numbers that they were presenting, the, the percentage numbers, and, and I clicked, okay. I didn't read through all of the minute detail. I didn't take the time to go through all of this. Now, this is not a moment when you're like, uh, that, that, that I'm going to come back and say, oh no, it was horrible and I've been scammed. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I didn't take the time to do that. Maybe you're sitting out there and you're like, well, you definitely should take the time to do that. And I know that I should do that. Uh, I just wanted to remind it, I'm not the only one who has ever done something like that. Uh, as a matter of fact, I can guarantee you that, that you have done something like that as well. Maybe it was by signing something in person that you didn't read through each and every bit of, of all of the information there. Uh, maybe it was because you use a software product. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. There's this thing in software called an end user license agreement. Basically, you're agreeing to whatever terms the company that created that software uh, puts out there in order to use that software. Companies like Microsoft. So if you've ever used Microsoft Word, PowerPoint, Excel, any of Microsoft's uh, applications, or if you've used Windows ever, uh, you have agreed to Microsoft's end user license agreement. If you have an Android or an iPhone, you have agreed to their license agreement because Android as an application and iOS as an application have this huge set of agreements. Or maybe you have Gmail and you've gotten the updated privacy policy or the, the license agreement there and, and you've gone through and you have clicked OK 
without actually signing it. So if you have any kind of online email or online software presence at all, you have agreed to the end user license agreement. And, and, and what that means is, uh, my question for you is, you know, what, what are you agreeing to? Uh, you know, I, I at least know that I was agreeing without reading everything. Some of those end user license agreements are like 82 pages, and the only people that have ever read those things are the people that put them together and, and the legal team, and they're like high-fiving one another. This is the best end-user license agreement ever, right? I mean, it's this crazy, crazy concept. And the reason that I'm starting with this idea is because I think far too frequently we do the same thing with prayer. We do the same thing with prayer. Uh, the idea of clicking and getting on with whatever we were, were trying to do or using the device for whatever purpose it has or using the application for whatever thing we want to use it for uh, is more important than reading through the information that we are presenting. And, and, and we look at prayer the same way. We get, to, uh, we get to amen and we're like, okay, I'm done. What's next? We, we don't take time to think about, to, to dwell deeply in the prayer that, that we were just offering up to God. And, and, and we, we take all of this for granted. Uh, I, I'm guilty of it as well. You know, you, you pray before a meal and you get to the amen and it's done. Okay, let's eat. You, you pray at church and, and you say amen and that means it's the end of the service and we can go and do whatever life is calling us to. We, we say amen, and, and we think it's the end of what we're saying. We think it's the checkbox so that we can go and move on to do what's next. And friends, what I want you to understand is, is God, the relationship that God has in mind for us is not a checkbox relationship. God isn't worried about the checkbox of praying a prayer at a specific time. God is worried about a relationship that is transformative for each and every one of us. And that's what the idea of prayer should be for us, a time of connecting with God and allowing God to transform us from the inside out so that we can be made more into God's image. Not a, a, a license agreement, not an amen, I'm done. Nothing like that is what God wants for us. God wants our amen to be something that we say so that we can live into the hope and the promise that God offers to us. Uh, maybe uh, you've been joining us for this entire series and you're expecting for this moment to be the moment when we get to this part of the Lord's Prayer. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Maybe, maybe that's the, the, the part in your mind that you've been waiting for, because that's the next logical part of the Lord's Prayer. But friends, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but in Matthew's Gospel, actually in the Gospels, that's not there. Uh, what we see is, for thine is, a, the, that, that is a doxology. For thine is the 
glory and the kingdom and the power forever and ever. Amen. It's, it's, it's a scribe that was so excited by what Jesus was saying that he included that in there, a, a praise song, a doxology, a, a hymn of praise to God for the gift that he was receiving in the Lord's Prayer, that Jesus had taught something profound and, and different. And, and so in the Protestant church, we add that in because it's a, a song of grace, a, a hymn of hope that we add to the end of the Lord's Prayer. Jesus didn't say those words. We add them as our response into the Lord's Prayer. And, and if, you're, if, you're, uh, if you have a relationship with anybody that's Catholic, you've been to a Catholic church or a Greek Orthodox church, one of the things that you'll notice is they don't say that part. I remember I went to Israel. Uh, it was my first trip to Israel, uh, and I was in Jerusalem, the holy city of God, and I'm walking through and seeing amazing sights, and we go to a place called the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. The Church of the Holy Sepulchre is a place where church tradition says this is the hill upon which Jesus was crucified. And then down away from that is the place where they believe the, the garden tomb was and, and, and that Jesus was entombed there for the three days in which time he was buried. And so both of these locations are housed in the same massive church. If you've ever seen the skyline of Jerusalem, uh, you'll see some blue domes in the background. Not the golden dome, but the blue domes in the background. That's the church of the Holy Sepulchre. Well, I was in there for the very first time, and I'm overwhelmed. I mean, my, my spirit is, is so hyped up and so excited because of where I am and what I'm... I mean, this is a holy city of God. Everything is cool. It's it's called the fifth gospel because you go to the Holy Land and everything changes. Now the sights and sounds and smells of the Holy Land are imbued into the stories you read. And so I'm standing in the church of the Holy Sepulchre looking at the, the unbelievably beautiful artwork. And I hear in English the Lord's Prayer being said. And I join in. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm not with you, but it's English and I understand it. And I'm going to pray with you. Uh, our Father who art in heaven. And we go through the Lord's Prayer and then we get to that doxology portion. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And that's when I realized they were Catholic and they had stopped and everybody turned and looked oh, look at the cute little Protestant boy. <laughs> I was just excited. I was excited to be able to share that good news, that the hope that we have in the Lord's Prayer in the place where Jesus was crucified and resurrected. It was so powerful to me. And so I didn't have a whole lot of, a whole lot of concern with, with what they were saying or with, with their judgment if they thought, oh, well, he's Protestant. I, I didn't care. I was just excited about Jesus. And it was an opportunity to celebrate what Jesus has done. And in all of that, we get to the amen, and it is not an I'm done. When we say the Lord's Prayer, when we, when we participate with what Jesus was teaching his disciples, when we lean into that, we're not getting to the end of that and saying, okay, I'm done, what's next? Instead, we're saying amen. I don't know if you are aware of this. Amen, actually, the word, it, it, it translates to something along the lines of so be it, Lord. So be it, Lord. May it be just like 
what we are talking about. And, and, and that's the idea of amen. The, the whole sermon series is, is, is a deep dive into the Lord's Prayer, but it's also so that we can recognize that amen isn't I'm done. Amen is more like I'm in. I'm going to go and do whatever it is that I need to do. I'm going to be the person that you want me to be. I'm going to be changed, Jesus, so that I can be more like you and go into your world to make a difference on your behalf. But far too frequently, and, and, and I mean this for all of us, not just for you, but for me as well, far too frequently, we rush through the prayer, we hit the amen, thinking, okay, we can move right on. And, and James, Jesus' brother, warns us about this kind of thought, this kind of thing. Uh, James was, was the brother of Jesus, and while Jesus was alive, wasn't part of his movement, of, of his kingdom-building activity, but later became uh, the head of the church in Jerusalem and, and, and was uh, known as Old Camel Knees because he prayed so frequently on his knees for the church that, that, that his knees swole and looked like the knees of a camel. If you've ever seen a camel, that's not a pretty sight. Uh, I don't know that you want to be known as that, but it, it, it proves his focus on prayer and on taking seriously the call that God has in our lives for prayer. And James says it this way, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. They will be blessed in what they do. James is saying, hey, if you rush through the prayer, if you rush through anything that God is calling you to just to get to the end, you're missing the point. You're like a, a person who looks at themselves in the mirror and then goes away and forgets what they look like. I mean, it's absolutely nonsensical in our minds to do that. We, we have an understanding of what we look like. It, it, it doesn't make sense that we would walk away from that and forget who we are. And yet we do that so frequently with prayer. We pray and then we don't even remember what it was we were even praying about. What do, did I pray for that? I can't remember if I prayed for that or not. And, and, and so we need to take more focus, more time, more attention needs to be paid to what we are trying to do when we go to God in prayer for seeking that transformation. And, and, and for me, one of the ways that I do that with Scripture is I, I use an ancient technique. Um, it's called a targum. A targum is an Aramaic word which literally means translation, uh, but we use it in, in modern understanding. We use it more as a uh, a translation that takes something and, and makes it more understandable for the individual, more understandable for you as a person, uh, instead of trying to present it as some kind of uh, deep theological argument or statement. And so instead of going to the root language and trying to understand that and then translating it into, uh, into something new, 
you're, you're taking what's already in your native language and trying to make it more approachable for you. Uh, many of you have heard of the Message Bible. The Message Bible is not truly a translation. It is a targum. It is making the Bible, the English version of the Bible, more understandable and more approachable for people who may not have grown up in the church. It, it, it's not a, a good tool for Bible study because it's not using the root words, things like that, but it does make it more approachable. It is a targum. It's this idea of making it understandable to each of us. And, and uh, the intro video to the Lord's Prayer has multiple times where it, it, it's doing the, this very thing, where it's putting into its own words the Lord's Prayer. And I wanted to take a moment and share with you one that I have created, the, the way that I have said this prayer, so that you can see how approachable this prayer can be. Maybe this is something you want to hold on to. Maybe this is something that you want to use. But whatever, regardless of, of where you are on this, um, this is one of those things that I use as a tool that helps me to really really understand the things that I'm talking to God about so that it's not just words on a page, that it's words that are written on my heart. And here's how I go through the Lord's Prayer. God, you are as close as a father and able to do all things. May your kingdom reign in our hearts and be reflected in our lives. Give us today what we need to live Help us to forgive others in the way that you continually forgive us. Save us from ourselves and from the schemes of Satan. So be it, Lord. So be it, Lord. Amen is not just lip service. Amen is what we say to invoke God's presence and what we have just declared before him. God, make us more like you. Make us into the people that you have in mind for us, not just so that we can go about our, our regular life, but so that we can have new life in Jesus Christ. I, I don't know if you remember or not, but the story of Nicodemus, he goes to Jesus, and Jesus meets him in the evening, and, and Jesus says, in order for you to come into full relationship with heaven. You have to be born again by water and the Spirit. You have to come into this relationship in a brand new way. You have to be made new. Born again is the language that Jesus uses. It's not just so that we feel better about ourselves. It's, it's not because we have a need that we want Jesus to meet. It's not just because things are jacked up. We want Jesus to come into our lives and give us a brand new life on the, based on the water and the Spirit of God Himself so that we can come to life in what Jesus has in mind for us, so that we can be the people that Jesus calls us to be, so that we can love the world the way that Jesus wants us to. And Jesus says this so that we can have life, not just regular life, but crazy abundant life. I have come so that they may have life, life to the full. Christ invites us to be made new, made into the image of Jesus Christ so that we can be born again, so that our past doesn't define us, but Jesus defines us, so that our history doesn't control us, but the promise 
of the future with Jesus forever controls our destiny. And a quick amen, a quick checkbox, a quick acceptance of God's end-user license agreement is not going to cut it. It's not going to be enough. And some of you have been praying the Lord's Prayer from the very beginning. Some of you have been praying the Lord's Prayer since you were a little kid. And I want to invite you to take a step toward Jesus today, to take a step and say, you know, there was this guy, Martin Luther. He started the Protestant Reformation, and he said, it is good to pray the Lord's Prayer. The first thing you do when you wake up and it should be the words that are on your lips as you fall asleep. To pray in the morning when you wake and, and at night before you go to sleep. If you would join me this next week, give it a shot. See what happens in praying the Lord's Prayer each and every morning, each and every evening, so that when you get to that amen, it isn't a, okay, I'm done, but it's a, I'm in. Whatever we just agreed to, God, however you want to change me, I'm in. I want you to help me be different. And, and, and I, I mean this from everything I have. Your world could be forever changed by one simple word, and that word is amen. And so may it be so in our lives and in the lives that Jesus calls us to and in the hope that we have in who Jesus is. Friends, each and every part of this series, we have ended with the Lord's Prayer. We've been talking through this. And so I want to invite you to, to join me in praying the Lord's Prayer together as it is on the screen. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, this is the hope we have in Jesus. This is the, the words of the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. And it's the words that we can engage with and we can open up to and we can allow God to use to transform us from the inside out. This is our hope in who Jesus is. And everyone agreed and said, amen.